engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hello and welcome back to Holy Half Hour, episode 10, Michael, episode 10. Double figures. Yeah, can't believe we've made it to episode 10. Do you remember when you were nine and you turned 10, you were like, my age has two numbers in it now. It was the most exciting thing ever. (laughs) Totally. And that's just happened to our podcast. It's 10 months old. (laughs) No, that can't be right. (laughs) No. Five. It's because we do weeks. we do one a week, ten week. Oh, it's a year. It's felt like ten months though. Uh, Michael, yeah. how are you today? I'm good, thanks. Yourself? I'm very well. Yes, we have a great show for you today, folks. If I do say so myself, uh, we're going to have uh, another challenge, a bit like the one we we set last week. We're going to do another challenge. We're going to have a couple of games. We've got our usual discussion. Uh, very interesting topic today. Just you wait. Uh, but first, <laughs> why don't we uh, get into some games, Michael? Michael and Kieran. Michael and Kieran. Michael and Kieran. Michael and Kieran. Well, Kieran, I've got a word-based game for you today. Do you enjoy? Are you partial to some words? Love a word-based game, absolutely. And you're a words—you're a wordsmith yourself, Michael. Yeah, we're both we're guy. both we're both that flavor of nerd who really get a kick out of uh, like a, a nice new word, a shiny new word. And basically, I have five words, and they're fancy words, and they mean something that's either mostly bad or mostly good. So yeah, you just have to—you don't even have to give me the definition. If you know the definition, you get a big shiny bonus point for sure. But generally okay. speaking, it's is this a good thing or a not so good thing? Good thing or bad thing? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, fancy good or fancy bad word. You ready? Nice. Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Word number one, repine. R-E-P-I-N-E. Repine. Repine. Yeah. Is that a good mm. thing or a bad thing? And if you if you feel incompetent, what do you think it might mean? Yeah, well, I'm not confident about what it means, for sure. <laughs> cool. Uh, but um, to me, it feels... It's the it's the ruh, the, ruh, the rep at the beginning uh-huh, that feels uh-huh. like it's sort of maybe bad mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because of, like, repulsive or repellent or that sort of thing. Yeah, nice. And if and, you were and so, playing Balderdash right now, what's your made-up definition go? <laughs> for repine. Yeah. Uh, a really, a really bad, like really pungent smell. Oh, nice! Yeah, basically, that's I'm, good. I'm just, I'm just thinking of ripe, basically. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. That's cool. But hopefully, people playing Balderdash with me wouldn't know about that, <laughs> and, they might, and they might fall for it. Yeah, that's a good definition. I like that one. Well, you are in fact correct. Repine is a mostly oh. bad thing. Well done. It actually means to complain. To complain, okay. Yep, to repine is to complain. Mm. So there Mm. you go. Okay, word number two. You ready? Yep. Catholicon. Catholicon. Yep, C-A-T-H-O-L-I-C-O-N. Catholicon. It'd be very easy to come up with a balderdash thing for this. That's a good one. It's the the Catholic conference. (laughs) Nice. Surely. surely. A gathering of Catholic Catholic (laughs) Catholic (laughs) believers. Catholicon 2020. (laughs) It's been cancelled this year, I'm afraid. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sadly. That's where my mind goes anyway. 
Catholicon. Well, Catholic means everything, basically, doesn't it? It's a word that means like all encompassing. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think. Nice. Good knowledge. Uh, I mean, maybe uh, I might know that. I don't know. Mm, <laughs> Not giving you so, any <laughs> So, Catholicon. So, I'm going to say it's a good thing. Mm hmm. Uh, and okay. but it's the con the con bit. I don't know. I'm not yeah. really sure. Uh, no, but good. I'm going to say it's good. Okay. Well, you are unfortunately <gasps> correct. Well done. Uh, <laughs> you like had to, me there. I like to get you. you last I, I expect to lose your games, Michael. So <laughs> it's a nice <laughs> it's a nice treat to get a right answer. A catholicon is a cure all, kind of like a panacea, something that cures mm. everything. Um, okay. So yeah, apparently it was it mm. was kind of like there was a, a quest for a Catholicon, much like there was a quest for being able to create alchemy back in the medieval times. Like there was a quest to find the Catholicon, which would be like the thing that cures all ills. Right, so, right. So yeah, it's a good thing if you can find it. Yeah, nice. Like a holy grail sort of yeah, sort yeah. of idea. Exactly. All right, you're doing great. I thought you might do well at this game. Let's see if you uh, can keep this uh, trucker rolling for number three. You ready? <laughs> mm-hmm. Epistaxis. Ooh. E-P-I-S-T-A-X-I-S. Epistaxis. This is one that you might have heard of before and some of our listeners might know. Epistaxis. Mm. It just depends on your life experience, I suppose. I'm not sure. Uh, there's, uh, I sort of, there's like two words in that word, I feel, mm-hmm. and they're sort yeah. of vaguely familiar. Um, but I can't really trace... Any, okay. it, it, it to anything meaningful. Uh, I am going to say that it's bad. It sounds painful. Mm, mm. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's bad. Okay. Uh, do you want to hazard a, a definition? It, uh, I, it, 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 I'm, uh, I've got epistaxis. I uh, <laughs> I've, can't talk anymore. It sounds like something vaguely medical to me. Yeah, uh, but, so but that's, you'd that's make up a I've vaguely really. medical definition. That's good. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, you're right. It is something that happens to people, and it is medical. It is, in fact, mm. a nosebleed. Epistaxis. Ah, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Cool. Epistaxis is a nosebleed. So well done. Hey, mm. see, you're doing mm. good today, Kieran. <laughs> oh, I've never won bless. anything. Yeah. That's not true. You won last week. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah he did But before well. that, I'd never won anything. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth word is axenic. A X E N I C. Axenic. Axenic. These are very good because they all are like sound vaguely like things that one has heard of before. Mm. But uh, but yeah, that's interesting. So you sort of got accent in there. You know, that's mm. what I'm drawn to. That's what it feels like anyway. Or accelerate, mm-hmm. or, or something AX, like that. Though, not A double C, A X. Ah, okay, okay, fair enough. Axenic. But don't let me, don't let that throw you off. <laughs> Axenic, A X, E N I C. Yep, that's right. Uh, I'm gonna say that this is good. And that it is something to do with, I'm thinking of like axiom mm. or similar. So it's something to do with w- sayings or words or the uh, development of words or something like that. Cool. But generally you're going with a good thing. I'm going to say it's good. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
It's not to do with words, but it is mm. a good thing, particularly hey. in today's day and age, because axenic means germ-free. Right. Okay. There you go. Okay. Germ-free. Yeah, so axenic. I was way off with, with the root of the words, but it's it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, but I think that you're you're in a good area for a good uh, balderdash clue, for sure. Mm, um, mm. All right, I'll you've got to, four, four out of five right so far, Kieran. You feeling good? Yeah, you know. I feel uh, I feel pretty confident at this point. <laughs> All right, well, here's the last one. Pulchitudinous. 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 <laughs> That's a great word. Uh, can can you spell it for me, please? Yes. P-U-L-C-H-I-T-U-D-I-N-O-U-S. Pulchitudinous. Hmm. I'm going to say that it's bad. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to hazard uh, a guess that it means? Or where, where, what area would you make up your fake definition? Pulchitudinous. It, it feels like something that's like fat or saggy. <laughs> <laughs> that's where yeah, my mind yeah. goes. Yeah, I can, I can hear so, that. Pulchitudinous, sa- yeah. fat or saggy. Hopefully this says more about the quiz than about me. <laughs> um, but, uh, but that's sort of where my mind goes. So yeah. I'm going to say it's bad. Well, Kieran, you are in fact incorrect on your last no. one. Oh, so close to the clean sweep. <laughs> um, Pulchitudinous is, if you're a nerd, a famous word in the sense that it's the ugliest word for beautiful. It actually means beautiful, pulchitudinous, uh-uh. only of people. Um, <laughs> but it's like a really ugly sounding word, which means beautiful. It is so. an ugly, it is an ugly sounding word. So that's great. Yeah. yeah so there you it's, go. But uh... <laughs> pulchitudinous. Handy one for uh, uh, politely dissing somebody. <laughs> or you want them to think it's a diss, but actually yeah. you think they're really beautiful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If for some reason you want to say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well done. You got four out of five. You should be very pleased with yourself. Thanks, man. Me. I'm very chuffed. I, I'm amazed. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I did enjoy that quiz and I love word related things. So well, there you go. You've got some words to words to to keep yourself entertained this week. Uh, re, re, you can repine about a lack of a catholicon. You can avoid epistaxis, hopefully in an exenic environment, <laughs> and you can tell your partner that she's pulchitudinous. <laughs> Michael and Kieran. Well, Michael, you ready for my game? I certainly am. My game is called. Well, it's kind of a working title. It's called. <laughs> Types of Christian. So I was Googling, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I was Googling like some sort of very stereotypical, I wanted some sort of very stereotypical example of, you know, types of Christian mm. and certain behavioral traits that certain Christians have, you know. Yeah. Uh, but the lists I could find were neither informative nor funny. So <laughs> I've made up my own. I've made up my own. So I've got five titles for you. And these are titles of a particular, you know, type of Christian. Types that I'm sure many of us have have come across. So I'm just going to read you the name that Mm -hmm. I've come up with for this category of Christian. And I just want you to have your best guess at what it might be. (laughs) Oh, my. Okay. (laughs) I'm very nervous about how many people we're about to offend, but uh, sounds good. (laughs) Don't worry. Don't worry. It's it's all in good fun, except for the the easily offended who come up later. No, they don't. That's <laughs> not really a category I've put in this. Okay, so I've got five. Okay. Are ready. you ready? Yep. 
<laughs> okay, here we go. Number one, the Slayer. Slayer. <laughs> the Slayer. Slayer. Who is the Slayer? So this isn't just one specific person. <laughs> no, this this is like a sort of uh, if you were to make a slightly unfair generalization about uh-huh. the kinds of people that you get in certain churches. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so the Slayer could be. Um, could be someone who is either slain in the spirit, as it were, or likes to slay others in the spirit. Uh, so mm-hmm. someone who is very perceptive to either the Holy Spirit or maybe to people hyping up uh, the spirit um, and being uh, slain in the spirit. That's what I'm going to guess you went for with the slayer. I realize I said slain in the spirit like everyone knows what, what I mean by that. Um, but mm. what I mean mm. is when people are praying, putting hands on, saying, you know, asking for the Holy Spirit to fill people that they might fall over or some yep. pastors yep. might push people over so, uh, to drum up kind of people <laughs> thinking that this Holy Spirit is moving powerfully where actually people are just being pushed over. Yeah, so we're talking Pentecostal. We're talking that sort of, that kind of expression of church, mm-hmm. uh, aren't we? So, well, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right, Michael. That is exactly mm-hmm. what I was thinking of. The Slayer. I've got a little description I've written for each, so see mm-hmm. what you think of this. The Slayer. Goes full Pentecostal during prayer ministry and likes to encourage you to fall backwards. Quote, yeah. it isn't real unless you keel over. <laughs> That's the thing I imagine that they might say. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's good. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Bang on for, for number one. <laughs> Here is number two, the Valentina. The Valentina. It sounds like a moped to me. Um. <laughs> I did have to. I did Google Valentina just to check that it wasn't sort of uh, like synonymous with lots of other things in pop culture. It, mm. it, uh, Valentina is a contestant on RuPaul's Drag Race. I learned. Oh, okay. Uh, but other, but otherwise, uh, mm. I'm not aware that it's anything in particular. Um, but what do I mean by it? It's anyone's uh, guess. Yeah, <laughs> Literally, I mean anyone's guess. The only thing I can think of is Valentine. Obviously, Saint Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. Um, so the Valentina, you could be say there's sometimes people in church who love to like, if anyone is single, they absolutely have to set <laughs> them up with some other person in the church. Um, so it could be the, the type of person who really wants to set up all the single people in the church. That would be my only guess for Valentina, I think. Michael, you're absolutely right. Hey. Ding, ding, ding. That's exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, it took, took me a minute there to work out that it's a Valentine and Tina, like the name of a person. But that's pretty clever, Kieran. Exactly. It's a little portmanteau there. I love a portmanteau. Who doesn't? Um, and you're, you're pretty much bang on with the description as well, Michael. Here's, here's mine. Church member, usually a woman. Oh, controversial. Life, whose life mission, in, in my experience, I'll add, because I don't mean to be unfair here, whose life mission is to pair everyone off. Yeah. <laughs> at prayer meetings, their prayer will usually be for God to intervene in person X's life and save them from the torture of singleness. <laughs> not that, not that tor- singleness is torture, listeners. No. Of course, I don't think that. But some of these people think that it is for mm. other people. And they, they mean well, but they... Uh, perhaps go a bit OTT. And I have been prayed for in that manner <laughs> in the prayer meeting before, which is where I draw that uh, that example from. Yeah, absolutely. That's, um, I would say, not the best 
uh, use of the of the prayer ministry time potentially, unless someone specifically <laughs> asks for breakthrough in that area of their life, of course. It was uh, I will I will say without giving too much away, it was done by you know a dear friend and with great love, and they they meant well. But mm. um, yeah, yeah, I, I've observed that there are a few of these people around who like to pair people who like yeah. to pair people off, and sometimes they're Valentonis. <laughs> yes, that's that's fair. Yeah, that is fair. All right. They can well, be. What's number three? Number three is the somewhere in the back or <laughs> somewhere in the, the somewhere in the backer. Okay. Um, well, that's a difficult one because you could say that the backer church is like you know that's the people who are a little bit more reluctant. They want to stay out of sight, but also you know the back of the church, depending on the church, is often where a lot of the AV stuff happens where all where a lot of the people who are like welcoming and stewarding and doing other jobs might hang around to troubleshoot. Mm-hmm. So it could be like that kind of a reluctant person who who's in church but not necessarily wanting to get too plugged in, or it could be the kind of person who needs to get plugged in with everything that's happening um, in order to feel <laughs> part of it. So um, or it could be something mm-hmm. else, obviously. Mm-hmm. What do I what do I think? I think I'm gonna guess that it's um the kind of person who's who's there in body, but not always there in spirit, the kind of uh, slightly more reluctant church goer. That's what I'm gonna guess the mm. something in the back mm. is. It's a good guess, man. Good guess. Let me read the description mm. that I've written. The somewhere in the backer. They sort of know their favorite verse. Uh. But they often <laughs> favorite verses, but they often quote them slightly wrong. And they never know the reference. Thanks to <laughs> smartphones, their numbers are on the rise. And I'm probably becoming one of them. <laughs> so is it so like where I was somewhere going in for. the back of the Bible? Is it's, that it is? Exactly. Ah. Uh, it's somewhere in the back. You know. <laughs> what is it again? I can do all things through Christ. You know, it's in there somewhere. <laughs> somewhere in the back. That's good. That's is funny. that Philomians or something? I don't remember. <laughs> somewhere nice. in the back. Nice. Okay. Number four. <laughs> the Ghostbuster. The Ghostbuster. The Ghostbuster. This is what I got from somebody else. I got okay. this from a, from a preacher. I borrowed this one. The Ghostbuster. Who are you going to call Ghostbusters? <laughs> um, that's hard because you've already had the kind of overly Pentecostal person who's who loves the spirit. Mm. Mm. So I guess could this be the opposite? Like the kind of person who's very skeptical of spiritual gifts, of tongues, of other things who wants to kind of like control the movement of the spirit in the church and not want people to get too carried away. And that's what I'm going to guess is uh, the Ghostbuster. Mm. Mm. That's an interesting interpretation. Let me read the description I've come up with. The Ghostbuster. Everything is spiritual warfare to this person. Uh... From prayer to parking the car. (laughs) And everything that goes wrong in life can be directly blamed on the devil and his minions. (laughs) These people are so tuned in to war in the heavens that they've pretty much left planet Earth. Oh, there you so go. So it could have gone, it could have <laughs> swung either way and you went for the other one, which yeah. is understandable, yeah. understandable. No, so that's, that's fair enough. enough. Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, finally, finally, the tinfoil knight, and that's knight with a K. The tinfoil knight. So obviously if you were a knight wearing tinfoil armor, that would be not very effective. Um. <laughs> So you could go Ephesians 6, armor of God, not putting on the proper armor, 
not being, you know, putting mm. on the breastplate of righteousness, just putting on tinfoil. So maybe it's someone who isn't reading their Bible, isn't like equipping themselves properly spiritually for spiritual battle um, or just for life in general. But then you've also got the connotations of tinfoil being like the super paranoid people who wear tinfoil hats to stop people from reading their minds. Mm-hmm. So are you mm-hmm. going somewhere with that? Um, then I can't really think of many people in a church who are paranoid about i don't know hmm so i'm gonna go with someone who isn't really putting on effective armor spiritually and maybe doesn't read their bible and other things Mm. but maybe still acts like they do because they're still like think they're knights they're still rushing into battle but they're not necessarily equipped for battle that's what i'm gonna guess that's a great answer and once again you know very (laughs) grounded in god's word uh, but as, wrong as is as is typical of you michael so uh, you're ad- admirable an admirable answer for in that regard uh here's what i wrote uh-huh. admirable but wrong <laughs> here's what i wrote okay the tinfoil knight similar to ghostbuster but everything is a conspiracy theory to this person uh-huh. even the john lewis christmas ads are a full-on assault on christian values uh, okay thanks to youtube Many of them are also flat earthers. <laughs> and I've met a few. Yeah, that's Well, true. at least one. Uh, like people who are like, you can't say Xmas. Um, and by then you're like, yeah. well, Xmas was actually an early Christian thing. And they're, and they're like, well, still, it's bad. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So I, my second one was right again. I, I, should, I should just go with the second one. Mm, mm. Well, you, you live and you learn, but that may <laughs> that may scupper you next time we play a game if you go Absolutely. with your second yeah, guess. Well, so it's, it's hard to say, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Never second guess yourself unless it's with Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> but as, always, as I always say, games for me are about the journey, not the destination. <laughs> so I, I very much appreciated your thoughtful answers. No, it was fun, man. Thank you for putting those together. Very funny. Um, and, uh, you know... I, I always enjoy a game where we can offend all of our listeners <laughs> in one way or another. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll get to, if we missed you out, we're very sorry and we'll get to you in the coming weeks. <laughs> so, Michael, my question for you this week is I've, I've been thinking about um, the art, the music, television other things that I engage with and some of the art that I make or aspire to make uh, as a Christian. And I, I was very, I was just very conscious recently thinking about the, the music on my phone and how some of it is quite provocative in its content, in its lyrical themes, that kind of thing. There's sometimes a few naughty words there. I'm not going to lie. There's one or two bad words in the songs that I listen to. Uh, and uh, sorry, mum. And uh, <laughs> your mom doesn't listen to this. <laughs> One day she might. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I, I was thinking about how do we responsibly engage in, engage with that kind of content, or create that kind of content as Christians. You mm. know, uh, is is there is there 
uh, I, I think probably 99% of our audience probably will like watch stuff on Netflix that has some bad words in it, say, mm. or, or that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, but if, if a, if a piece of art like that conveys something important, something beautiful about the human condition and what it means to, to live this life, mm. then is that okay? Or should we throw our phones away, unplug <laughs> the internet, and go Amish? Yeah. Your, yeah. your thoughts? Good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I would be lying, Kieran, if I didn't say that sometimes the the kind of more uh, traditional Christian or Amish, or there are many other people who follow those kind of restrictive lifestyles that are not specifically Amish people's, but... Um, True. Yeah. Sometimes that yeah. uh, appeals to me. I don't mean to, to pick on sure. the Amish. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that appeals to me. Um, but yeah, I um, I think that it w there has to be a careful balance, doesn't there? Um, as Christians, we generally, in my opinion, are called to be in the world, not of it. It's something that gets thrown around all the time in Christian circles. But we are we are we are meant to be around people who aren't Christians, and we have to somewhat understand their experience somewhat have things to relate to them with somewhat be you know approachable and understandable not be this kind of strange other thing in society which has no shared experience with anyone else so so part one is everyone has to find i think their own limit of what's acceptable for them to consume you know we know that we are called to be careful of what we consume you know where matthew 6 says that the eye is the lamp of the body um, if your eyes are healthy, the whole body will be full of light. So we know that if we are consuming things that are essentially darkness, that that will lead us to darkness. So the things that we consume are powerful and important um, and mm. shouldn't be taken lightly. We shouldn't just be like, yeah, watch whatever you like. As long as you, you know, as long as you still love Jesus, you can watch anything at all. Um, but at the same time, I think it'd be very hard to be prescriptive and to say, what, when is too far? Because I think that will vary for each person. And I think ultimately mm. when is too far is when it leads you to sin or leads you to sufficient distraction from God that that kind of leads to sin in and of itself. So yeah, mm. part one, I guess. Part two would be what can we create as Christians? Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that that's my thoughts on what we should consume. What about your thoughts on, on what we should consume and where the line is? Yeah, I mean, I, I take I take your point in terms of um, you know, there's there's a certain uh, familiarity with culture that I think is useful as mm. a Christian, um, and to be aware of of what's happening around us and the kind of things that are in pop culture and stuff. I think we can do that without like selling out, mm. without what necessarily watering down what we believe or watering down our kind of witness of the gospel mm. um we can still uh be in the world and not of it as as you said yeah um so so i think that is absolutely uh absolutely true i i i think i think a, a lot of this is about from to me a lot of this is about knowing yourself mm. and knowing your own relationship with god and what are the things that trip you up? Um, because if you are someone who perhaps struggles with anger, 
than um, perhaps watching a lot of violent or verbally aggressive content is not going to be helpful for you in yeah. some ways. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that we all, you know, go out and copy the things we see on TV. I don't think that's true. I don't think it's that simple. But I do think that there is a certain amount of, as you said, the eyes of the lamp for the, uh, was it for the soul? Yeah. Um, and so if, if we know ourselves and we know our relationship with the Lord, then I think we will each know, if we're honest, where the line is for us. And I think that's where accountability comes into it. And being, if you're in honest relationships with Christian, with fellow believers, uh, and you're able to be real with people about what your struggles are, then mm. that's going to help you to be much more, to be much wiser about, okay, you know, uh, sh- should I or shouldn't I watch this television series where there's a sex scene every week? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Okay, some people can, and it and and it doesn't seem to pull them away from from the Lord, but can I do that? Yeah. I, I guess it's everyone's responsibility to ask that question of themselves. Yeah. And then I think the other question that also comes up, like, yes, what's the specific content, but also just what's the, again, we come back to this all the time, but what's the over, what's the overall weight of the amount of time I'm spending consuming the culture of the world compared to consuming mm. the culture mm. of God's culture and the culture of the kingdom? Um I know for me that's certainly a, a balance that I seldom get right. Uh, I I do spend time in kingdom culture. You know, I work for a church. I read my Bible. I pray. I spend time with God. I do all these things. Mm. But so much easier to just spend time consuming things. And you know, that's partly why we created this podcast, right? Because we wanted to create more kingdom media yeah. that you can just enjoy more casually uh, and more totally. you can just chill out and listen to it. Um, so yeah, we, it's always going to be a balance. So I think ultimately, everyone just needs to listen to this podcast in order to get that balance right, really. So share it with your friends. Uh, <laughs> yeah. essential, essential listening if you're a Christian, you might say. Absolutely. Um, but no, all joking aside, you know, yes, does the specific thing you're, you want to watch trip you up really important? Also things like, even that comes down to like, am I really struggling with fearing the world instead of fearing God? And therefore, am I watching too much news coverage? Am I watching too much sensationalized news coverage online or on YouTube or like bad source news coverage? Am I watching things which Mm. actually teach me things which are not of God? You know, Mm. there's also danger there, not just in like polished, officially made like stuff, but we consume media in all its guises. And you've got to be careful mm. about what you put in your brain and in, in your in your eyes. Absolutely. And I know for myself, as someone who's very interested in a lot of politics stuff, and mm. as we've discussed before, as, as someone who I, I find myself more on, on the left in politics, uh, particularly around economic stuff, I find it very easy to go down the rabbit hole of sort of YouTube stuff mm-hmm. uh, bec- because I find that, uh, you know, to me, that sort of being more generous with money as I perceive it, mm. uh, fits well with my values as a Christian. Yeah. Uh, but it's very easy for that to become watered down. And it, in, I, I feel in the sense that it's no longer about kind of an expression of my faith or it's no longer about the kingdom value. It becomes about yeah. a, a, world, a worldly system, which has yeah. good things in it, 
but can't mm. be the the be all and end all as it were mm. yeah definitely as far as creating things goes um mm. which was kind of the second part of your question i think what as we as what can we as christians create in terms of art how provocative can we be i totally understand why people make provocative art i studied for mm. three years uh, to do a degree in circus arts and a part, large part of that was creating art and people in circus using our bodies it's very easy to explore the line of what's like how one can use one's body to express oneself and the line of how provocative you get is very easy to like basically the more clothes you remove mm. the more provocative it is or the more right. profane the, your action the more provocative it is and I had okay. colleagues who were making work which many Christians would regard as profane um, or, you know, inappropriate. And I understand that people want to provoke change in the world, sometimes need to make provocative art in order to kind of... There are things that have happened in the world that we've become desensitized to. And sometimes it's art's job to provoke us into being awake and realizing, oh, actually, this the way this world is is not how it's meant to be. That's actually a really mm. terrible thing that's happening in the world. So I understand why people make provocative art, but actually I think that one of the most provocative things in the world is Christianity. Like outrageous mm. love, love, unconditional love, loving people, loving your enemies, turning the other cheek. All these things are actually quite provocative. And as Christians... Mm. I don't personally think we need to resort to the way that the world provokes change because actually God is about change and about and his love is provocative. His love is scandalous. Sometimes people mm. would use that word of God's love um, because it's so unconditional. Uh, so yeah, I think that actually just being, just creating art, which is a true exploration of God, a true exploration of Christian values, is probably provocative enough, in my opinion. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, I'm mindful as you're talking of uh, a couple of verses in Ephesians, from Ephesians 4 and 5. Mm. Um, forgive me if we've already mentioned these. Uh, but Ephesians 4, 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Uh, and I'm jumping around here, I'm not giving the full context, um, but jumping over into chapter 5, uh, verse 4, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Um, so to me, there's some pretty clear uh, guidance there that uh, the way that we express ourselves as, as Christians should be, it should look different to the way that the world express themselves. Um, and there's a certain uh, kind of holiness, I think, because we are as Christians a new creation um, that, we, that we should communicate in all aspects of our life. But I think that would include uh, the, the art that we make. Um, that said, I think there's a place for anger, things like anger in music, for example. And there's a lot of music that expresses anger that I find very helpful personally because it's often anger about, as you said, the way that the world is and that mm. there are world systems that are not fair and that marginalize people. And I mm. think as Christians, we should be on the forefront of saying, yeah, 
that kind of thing is wrong. Um, and there is, a, I think, a righteous anger that there is. it's possible to have a, about those things. Yeah. And I would love to hear more Christian music that engages with that. Um, fundamentally, I, I, you know, I think worship music is wonderful. And, and, there, and there are songs that we sing in church that are about justice and God's desire for justice and his anger at injustice. Yeah. But I definitely think there's much more to explore there for us as church both what we you know i'm speak talking about music as an example here but both with the songs that we sing in church and, and the the music that we create and take out into the world as it were yeah definitely and and there are you know parts of scripture that will deal with quite provocative imagery for example you know there's there's i'm thinking of you know there's passages in isaiah that deal with some quite provocative imagery there's obviously song of songs which is a book that is all about sexuality and sexual intimacy. Um, so the, these, I don't think these topics should be off limits for us as yeah. Christians. Um, yes, but it's not about, like there's a, there's not like there's not a biblical precedent because there is. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but it's about how do we honor God in the way that we express that, and how do we honor? I think how do we honor other human beings as well, and not use something like our platform as an artist to dehumanize other people. Well, Michael, before we finish, you've got another challenge for us this week. I do. I really enjoyed and slash was terrified by the music challenge that we set ourselves uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, and completed last week. And this week, we'll take it down a little bit of a notch. I'm going to challenge us both to memorize some scripture. I think Bible memorization is super valuable and super uh, great um, uh, spiritual discipline. And yeah, I just think that it's fun as well. So my challenge to you is memorize a section of scripture, at least mm-hmm. five verses long, can be up to any length, depends how ambitious you're feeling. My suggestion would be five to 10, but you know, if it's okay. 11 or 12, I'm not going to penalize you. And uh, yeah, you're not allowed to have ever memorized it before. <laughs> well, no my section. question was going to be, <laughs> my question was going to be, is John three sixteen five five verses long? <laughs> does that count <laughs> nice good joke like it um <laughs> unfortunately john 316 is only one verse log here and then you've already <laughs> memorized that one so no Uh-oh. um yeah so five verses any bit of scripture you've never tried to memorize before obviously you can have read it before because you've read the whole bible because you're a good egg um so you know it's not that it has to be completely fresh to you and sure. listeners, if you want to join in, you're very welcome to. Kieran and I actually record this podcast whilst looking at each other's faces on Zoom. Um, so True. next week when we recite our memory verses, we are going to be blindfolded so that we can prove to one another that we're not cheating. <laughs> it's a good idea. <laughs> nice. So next week, Kieran, bring your verses and something to cover your eyes with. And we will uh, yeah, recite our memory verses. How does that sound? Sounds good. I look forward to it. Well, that's about all we have time for. There is still time to say that we would love to hear from you if you want to get in touch with the show, any reflections on what we've discussed, or just whatever you want to say. Uh, It's hello at holyhalfhour.co.uk. 
so you can get in touch with us uh, at that email address. As always, thank you so much to everyone who has been rating us and reviewing us and sharing. We've seen uh, an increase in those things and it really does help us to find a bigger audience. So thank you so much. You guys are awesome. Yeah, thanks everybody. We really appreciate you sharing the show. And if there is anyone as you're listening to this who you're thinking, oh, that maybe Steve would like this. Well, why not pass it on to Steve? Yeah. Or... Mary Absolutely. or whoever <laughs> to Mary or Joseph. Kieran's like, I had a picture from God that he really wants Steve and Mary yeah. to hear the podcast. Yeah. It's a bit of Christian cold reading. Is there someone here called Steve? Or does someone know someone called Steve? Is anyone Steve or know a Steve or know someone who knows a Steve? If so. <laughs> Man, this guy's good. How does he know that? How does he know that I know someone who knows a Steve? <laughs> I better go share this podcast. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, thanks, everybody. Pleasure, as always. Thank you for listening to this show. Cheers, Michael. <laughs> Cheers, Kieran. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>